Unlock a new era in podcasting with Unfiltered Studios. Ready to break free from the ordinary? Dive into a world where authenticity meets innovation. Our network isn't just about podcasts. It's a revolution. From nostalgia to movies, sports to self-improvement, find your favorite podcast in an array of diverse shows. Only at Unfiltered Studios. Join the movement. Subscribe to Unfiltered Studios today and join the podcasting revolution. Unfiltered Studios, where every voice finds its place. Visit unfpod.com today to find your favorite show. Unfiltered Studios. We'll help you press record. Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Well, you're in luck, and you're in the right place listening to the right podcast, because this is the story of... Heyo, and welcome back to the next episode of the Story of Podcast, where each week we choose a historical topic, research it independently, we share nothing with each other, we meet back up, discuss what we have found to tell you the story of, which is the episode you're about to listen to now, and this week we're talking about sex and space, or sex in space. I'm Smith. I'm Mike. And I'm Joe. Hey, hey, what's going on, fellas? How are you? We're good. Doing good. So uh, let's not be like other podcasters and jump right in 25 minutes into the episode. Let's let's do it. Let's just let's do it. Let's do sex and space. Come on yeah, now. Yeah. Let's go. So we'll start off with uh, a couple of terms that I came across in my research. One being uh, space sexology uh, and the other one being astro sexology, which I thought were fucking hilarious and brilliant at the same time. So that's the, that's what we are going to be talking about, the science of sexology in space or astro sexology. I think that was a uh, pretty whoever coined those terms really deserve an award. Oh, we we have a guest. We have a guest He's coming in. We have a guest. It who is. is it? Where is he? It's like the Royal Rumble. We don't know who it is. <laughs> Jay Burke, ladies What's and gentlemen. Going on? What up, Jay Burke? Jay, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I good, spent good, good. like a half hour looking about sex robots, and uh, <laughs> now my now my search history is going to be really weird. Fantastic. Yeah. Really weird. <laughs> that's okay. We're we're into the episode already, and we just introduced two terms that are going to be interchangeable tonight, and that is a uh, space sexology and astro sexology. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's nice. Well, now that Jay's on, we're going to automatically lose this episode afterwards anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> Shut up, man. I'm sorry about that, okay? <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the the original idea or premise for this episode was going to be the NASA sex tapes, right, Mike? That was, that was what you had originally yes. brought up. Yeah, that is the topic. So what did you, uh, what two terms have you entered into the lexicon? Yes, we uh we are brought into the the story of lexicon uh space sexology and and here's the best one astro sexology which okay. there is actually astro there is an astro sexological institute uh which we'll get to in a little bit incredible <laughs> taxpayers money going into that shit <laughs> which is amazing wow. so mike when you originally brought up this topic you brought up uh the nasa sex tapes right I heard it somewhere else on another podcast and they said, oh, you know, hey, NASA has these tapes that they have of people having sex in space, you know, and it's not, you know, to be dirty or inappropriate. It was more for the information behind it and the possibilities of it, because if we do plan on doing any sort of space traveling, whether to the moon, to Mars, you're going to be up there for an extended period of time. So how does that all work? You know, is there a possibility of that happening? And 
or if there's not, you know, how does that all work? Here we are. So in my research, everything, and I'm super disappointed by this, it really, it breaks my heart, but everything I came across referring to the NASA sex tapes were that they don't exist, that they were, yeah, that they were a hoax. And according to NASA, uh, that's, they, they've never actually done that. Now, look, uh, I don't necessarily believe them. Um, but yeah, so as far as our prior knowledge goes, the sex tapes, as far as my research goes, we don't have them. So where I went on my research was kind of really what you were just saying, Mike. If we want to be an interstellar species, we've got to figure out how to have sex in space and how to reproduce and the effects that it may have right on any sort of uh, embryo or fetus. Uh, and, and so that's the rabbit hole I went down, which was a interesting rabbit hole to say the least. Right. Uh, so, so Mike, since this is your baby, why don't you start us off and, uh, yeah. and take us whatever direction you want to go. Mike. Obviously, you know, of the topic and I was trying to think of, well, where do I want to go? I said, do I believe that this happened? I, I really do. I really think that it's happened. I think they have these tapes. I just think, how do you explain to people that, hey, by the way, we spent your tax dollars not only sending people into space, but we sent them into space to have sex just so we can study. Kind of goes back to another topic, Operation Midnight Climax. Midnight Climax, the yes. The, the moral grounds upon that experimentation. Yeah. Just no drugs, that's all. There's just no drugs. They were just having sex. Um, what I don't so, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. Oh, um, Mr. this is something. This is something for my show, I guess. <laughs> Operation Midnight you gotta, Climax. You got to catch up on Howard. We haven't. Had yeah. Um, we yeah. Uh, the the quick recap: Midnight Climax is when uh, the United States government was feeding people LSD to see the effects on them inside oh, of oh. a house of yeah. ill repute and they videotaped and took notes and got drunk while they were doing it behind a false uh, mirror. Okay. Good yeah. times well, in the Well, I CIA. know about the LSD experiments. I just never heard that name. That must have been a right? fun job. Like, this is, this is, I'm getting paid for this. Yeah, <laughs> I would have done it. It's like, I used to get paid to referee dodgeball. Like, that was great. Now, could you imagine like being like fucking that's that's awesome. I mean, it's a weird connection, but shit, dude, I would have done that it's too. Right, like a play-by-play, <laughs> just taking notes. Yeah, that's it. while you having cocktails. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm good. All right, so Mike, keep it going, buddy. So then I, I started going down the rabbit hole of okay, if they don't want to admit it, the next thing I thought about was, well, it, who else has been to space? And then I said, okay, well, the Russians have been to space. The Russians they have done a lot of space. things. They were there. They have. They do. The Russians were fucking in space, no doubt. A lot there of was vodka. a mission. A lot of <laughs> There's a choices. lot of vodka. But there was a mission back in 1982 where there were two men already in space, and then they had a woman join the flight crew in space, and they said it was for a sexual encounter to study that. You couldn't find anything else after that. That's all I found. So can I can I jump in there? So Russian cosmonaut Svet, Svetlana Savitskaya, uh, she was the second ever woman in space. She joins the Soyuz T seven space mission for eight days, and as you said, two male colleagues were already on board when she arrived, making it the first ever co-ed space mission. Um, yes. In his book, Hollenwrit Deutsch Rum und Zeit, uh, a hell ride through time and space. German astronaut Ulrich Walter notes that, uh, according to the team's doctor, Oleg Georgievich Gazenko, the flight was planned with a sexual encounter in mind. Now, again, we don't know what happened, but I'm pretty sure if that was, um, right, I'm, I'm pretty sure they probably yeah. found the black hole. Uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, the rocket got in. Um, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> if we send people up to have sex in space, we're going to have sex in space. <laughs> Rocket finds black hole. We have to. Yes. How long were those two men up there by themselves first? I feel bad for. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, but it's a good it's point. It's been years. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> a few years. 
she made it in the door and that was it, bro. They were just like, get her now. Find <laughs> black hole. So 1992, uh, the shuttle yes. Endeavor actually was launched, right? With Mark Lee and Jan Davis, who were both astronauts. Yes. And they were they were married prior to that as well. Um, and yeah. apparently, like, this, this joint space uh, flight was actually like their honeymoon. Yeah. That's romantic. Yeah. That's actually kind of divorced, by the way. Are they really? Yeah, they're divorced. And neither one of them will speak of what happened. Well, it can't get much better than space, I guess, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. like, Once you go to space, you, try you can't go back. Like, <laughs> Way to set the bar high. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, when I, I found the same thing as you, Smith, um, where the tapes don't exist. And then mm. part of the rationale for that is they kind of were saying that microgravity causes a lot of issues like blood flow issues. So... You know, yes. getting an erection would be uh, very tough. And then, mm-hmm. uh, what was the other one? Oh, they need to like engineer, st- have some kind of like something engineered so that you're like strapped in because they're scared you just like float away from each other. So the, that was their like rationale that it would be like impossible to do, but without Probably like the wall conquering like inside the, the spaceship has Velcro on it. You've got that, but you've also got the um, the two suit. Did you guys come across the two suit? That I saw, yeah. That was that was made by Vana Banta, um, and so it's essentially uh, it's a flight suit with a front flap that can open and attach to another suit with Velcro, and it's kind of like attaching two space um, sleeping bags together. Okay, I'm with Mike now. I just I just think it happened. I think they tried. Yeah. Well, I guess like there's the no reason to design that, that suit unless you tried it. Yep. <laughs> yes, pretty much. It's the biggest issue, I guess, that they're going to come across is trying to overcome Newton's third law of motion. Uh, and Joe it, Camp, yeah. um, what is Newton's third law of motion, sir? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you remember that? Uh, an object in motion stays in motion. Oh, I uh, guess maybe. Second? I don't know. Could be. It might be the same for every action. There is an oh, equal and opposite or reaction. Reaction. Yeah. And so, yeah, so Earth, right, gravity and body weight obviously create the pressure, right, and the aids for missionary, cowgirl, um, you know, every other sex position that you could think of. Zero gravity, though. You got two people pushing against each other. They're going to float away. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Oh. Um, you got to have strategies. You know, you got to have some big time strategies and uh, some suits to go in there and <laughs> to do it correctly. And, Mike, you did bring up a good point. Yeah, they got the, the walls are covered in Velcro. So, I mean, if you think about it, you just Velcro somebody up to the wall. Yeah. You go back to the other That's wall probably. and push off, right? Push off with some good <laughs> aim. Sorry. Bam. <laughs> but the other thing um, I was reading, the fact of your your muscles are starting to lose their, their strength and their tone sure. once you're in space. Even if you're exercising and doing all these things you have to do on a regular basis – they said you would get so tired from it so quickly that it would be almost impossible. Then they've also shown that um, with men, they have a decreased libido. Once they have gone to space, they feel like they you know, have no urge at all. Um, but the longer they're up in space, they say it does adjust. But does, that's yeah, something to yeah. think about. And the other problem also is, you know, it's a very small number of women that have been into space. Eleven point five percent of astronauts are female, so yes, you know it's a. But when you have such a small sample size, you really can't get a lot of information from such a small group. But I did read that most of the women that do go to space, they do opt to go on birth control prior. Therefore, they do not have their menstrual cycle while in space. Um, yeah. So that was another thing that was interesting, and even at that, you know. They said even when you sweat in space, it, it doesn't just pour off of you like with gravity. If you're sweating, everything comes, it goes down. You know, gravity's pulling that water down. In space, it just sits on you. You would literally have to like wash yourself after whatever you did because it, there's nowhere for it to go. And now you're talking about more water that you're using when you're in space, and you really need to conserve water when you're in space. Can we be honest? How how many guys are really sweating by the end of it? Like it's like what four minutes worth of work, five minutes worth of work. I mean, let's be honest. 
<laughs> I'm not fucking sweating. On a good night. I, on a good night, yeah. Like, I mean, come on now. None of us are real lumberjacks. You know, we're not real woodmen, woodsmen, as they say in the in the in in the business. You know what I mean? Like, Speak for yourselves, boys. Speak for yourselves. I was about to say. <laughs> Joe and I are Italian. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You guys got that little bull thing, right? The little bullhorn on your uh, on your neck. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know why we carry that, right? <laughs> I, I know exactly why. But you get, it's a good point, though. Like, there's so many things of this that we don't really think about, like estrogen levels, right? Low yeah. estrogen levels are going to be linked. Um, yeah, there is, you know, and, and that's just the that's just like the actual physical portion of it, right? Which is yeah, obviously a big point. You know, uh, however, right, there's so much, it goes so much further because, I mean, what do you, how does the internal portion, right, how is that affected? That's, that's the point that we need to really talk about, right? I mean, not necessarily talk about, but that's the part that needs to be studied, right? That's, that's the part that if we are going to be, like I said, an interstellar species, that shit needs to be studied for sure. Like uh, in a new study, and I got this quote, new study published on July 14th in the journal, um, it's the uh, the Space Journal, current sexual health report uh, reports, authors Simon Dubay, a researcher at the Kinsey Institute, and Maria Santaguida, a PhD candidate at Concordia University, examined all the research on sexuality in space in the last five years and concluded that space sexuality urgently needs attention and research, especially if we're going to be heading out to the deeper portions, deep space, you know, we, we got to know, like you guys on your episode, Mike and Joe, you were talking about going out to Mars and going out yeah. to, you know, the, um, the, the Goldilocks planets. We can't do that if we're not reproducing. And if we are, well, what does that look like? So they need, do they need volunteers for this or something? I haven't seen any like flyers, but <laughs> no, but, Pornhub is actually starting. Well, I'm sorry. They did. I was holding that one close to the vest. Damn it. Go, go. All right, Jay, take it, man. Take it. Go. go <laughs> no, go. I mean, listen, I just saw that there was a. Um... You just saw that. In, in your research, you just happened to come across. <laughs> just, yeah. I, <laughs> I have blisters on my hands. The research was just, I was so deep in the, in the woods there. Now, um, so I, from what I saw, Pornhub had a crowdfunding campaign for. Um, they were trying to launch it, I think, in 2015, something like that, June 2015. And uh, they wanted to shoot it on a commercial spaceship provided by an unnamed private space flight company. It's probably Musk. Who knows? Um, (laughs) An unnamed billionaire who has a spaceship. (laughs) No, like, right? Who owns a space company? Come on. That happens to have a spaceship that looks like a giant penis. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) just saying. Got to penetrate the atmosphere. You got to have the right <laughs> arc and stuff. Um, so they they tried to crowd. I think crowdfund it. They got donations yeah. from about four thousand people, but they fell short of their goal. Um, <laughs> but they still are looking at the po- possibility of doing it. I don't know why this unnamed private spaceflight company, who probably has a billionaire fronting it, didn't didn't do it, but. I think we're also talking about when it originally started, that was in 2015. So yeah, things have really changed as far as, you know, who's kind of staked their name in the game of trying to get into outer space. You know, it's it's out there. We know who's trying to get out there. That's true. It was probably less of a... That's true, because Tesla only yeah. started in, like, 2010? Yeah, early. Yeah, right? Like, like so he... Tons. I mean, he was basically... No, no, no. I don't want to say he was sane back then, but like you know, it was a different. It was a different time. <laughs> he was only a sure. multi-millionaire. At that he time, was, yeah. Like, he only had. He wasn't using social media as a as a playground. Yeah, I shouldn't talk <laughs> about toy. Musk anymore. I'm very dangerously close to getting like <laughs> obviously kicked off of X after the yeah, last thing I did. <laughs> so I I made sure to put his name nowhere on there. I didn't want to find my computer just like black out one day and my lights go off and <laughs> he shows some up strange shit. You know how he is like stops. He always like stops when he's talking for like five minutes and then yeah. he talks again. Like he's just thinking all the time, I guess. Um, but anyway, back to uh, the, the build up the suspense. That's what it is. Yeah. I think they still want to do it. I did see something that they actually had a sex scene filmed in zero gravity. 
but it's only like yes. a 20 second clip and the name of it oh it was in a reduced gravity aircraft and the name okay. of their film was the uranus experiment part two <laughs> and that was that was in 1999 which was a great to, name back in 1999 that's been used now for you know that long but what was part one i have to know <laughs> i know i was wondering that what year was i'm gonna look at i'll get back to you guys do some more research jay 2001 a sex odyssey right could they be you know we, we, we they could, could be yeah come on now I'm you know what though i like, trademark that name i had a quick point to get back though to reproducing in space like by the time or uh on mars or whatever by the time we can actually colonize mars i wonder what reproductions actually gonna like look like you know sure. what i mean like are the are they just gonna take our like dna and and form whatever like, i don't know what it's gonna be i was gonna say one of the things that it's really interesting that i remember reading the fact that there's no bacteria that we know of that's like there on mars so they even said like if you you know had a bowel movement you buried it, you know, in the dirt here, it breaks down. Bacteria will break that down and put it back into the, the ecosystem. Everything, it'll just kind of fertilize and you could use it. Sure. It's compost. You bury a turd on Mars. There's no bacteria to break that down. It's just going to stay there. So that's kind of weird when you think about it, like. Well, could you just throw it there off the planet? I guess. Like, could, you, could you do that? Like, launch it. In like, space. <laughs> launch it. I don't know. That's a good point. But like, so let's let's get to some more scientific stuff here, Joe. Let's let's get your thoughts on this. So when you're flying in the International Space Station, right? That's about 250 miles above Earth. Radiation levels at that point are 100 times higher uh, than on the ground, right? Okay. Um, yeah. But the space station is still within Earth's magnetic field, which is offering some protection from these cosmic rays. Dude, the further we go out into space, like on Mars, the radiation that we are going to be exposed to and the radiation that a pregnant woman and fetus is going to be exposed to is going to be incredibly high, right? Like, I, I what what kind of effects is that going to have? Like, that's going to seriously damage human cells, I would imagine, at a very accelerated pace. Yeah, so you're talking about not just impregnating a woman, but like developing a child or developing sure. a fetus. Yeah you know, in utero, the radiation effects probably would have an effect on that. That's something I didn't even think about in this uh, research, the little research that I did. However, the spaceship, the space suits, the, the location in space, all that will change the amount of radiation. You're not out in the vacuum of space having sex. You are in a confined space, which could be shielded. And if you were to be right. pregnant within that confined space, you know, my idea is you would probably be protected somewhat, but not totally. You're right. So that could have yeah. that definitely could have effects for sure. What is the effect when these astronauts have come back? I know from the weightlessness that there is obviously some effects when they get back. But do, you, do they know what the radiation does out there? The I don't know if there's I'm sure there have been studies about it. They haven't really seen anything yeah. too conclusive, like dangerous wise. But. They they do limit space uh, astronauts' time in space. They limit their time on the space station. Not the Russians, though. Not the Russians. Yeah, you could stay there for years in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nobody has come back with with all the effects that they do have, like mu muscle atrophy, losing weight, sure. um, losing right. height, even stuff like that. Uh, there have yeah, Mark I don't Kelly think got shorter, did right? Was it yeah, Mark Kelly by that a got few shorter? inches? I yeah. think. Yeah. But nothing has happened radiation-wise where they, like, developed cancers or anything. Like, not that I know of. I don't think that's ever been reported. But again, though, we, we've we never, you know, again, the, the International Space Station is still within Earth's magnetic field. So going yeah. deeper into space, we don't have We haven't have done a six-month trip to, to Mars yet or anything. Yeah, like that's now. right. And that's one of the things a lot of the NASA scientists were saying is we don't want to figure that shit out on the fly. Right. We don't want to yeah. learn on the job what this radiation is going to do to a pregnant woman or the fetus. We need to start figuring that shit out now. Yeah. Right. We, we've, we've got so much uh, emphasis on getting to Mars and all this stuff, but we're forgetting a, the the crucial aspect if we are going to start colonizing. Right. Colonizing requires reproduction. It has to. Otherwise, everybody dies and we're not there anymore. You know, what I mean, like that's 
that's the essential component to colonizing somewhere is we have to reproduce somehow. Anybody come across the uh, the frog study, the amphibian study with the four female African clawed frogs? No, this, I did this I thought, in the last hour. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm going on here. I need to know a little bit. I found Pornhub right away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch that. Uh, so the the frogs they were injected with with hormones right that trigger ovulation. And then um, that was after they reached Earth, uh, uh, low Earth orbit. NASA astronauts had the job to slather sperm from a male frog onto the eggs. They just threw it on there, wipe it on. It caused many of the eggs to fertilize. The experiment was essentially and, and deemed largely a success, which is good, except the tadpoles that were raised in microgravity were documented as having enlarged heads and eyes. In scientific journals. Here we go. Uh oh. I know where we're going. What do great aliens look like? Of course. Big heads. You you know my opinion on this. I think. I think you know my opinion. Frogs are really aliens. Frogs are aliens. I just, I just, I I don't doubt that there is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I heard your bullshit, yes. (laughs) (laughs) My bullshit. (laughs) I'm just saying, every time they come here, they have greater than light speed capability. They have all this technology and they go to the midwest and always sweep up a farmer and stick something a probe in his ass they can get here through light speed they don't have anything that could scan why don't they take barack obama or somebody though because always some dude thank you jay burke thank you very much can i just tell you what i think it really is i think it's midwesterners who are scared of the home their homophobic neighbors and are doing shit to themselves, and this is how they get it. Well, they're like, "Well, I have a loose, loose asshole because of because of aliens." I'm just, I'm just saying that's my take on it. It's never anybody interesting. I was gonna say, Joe and I talked about the fact that you know, well, why do they always have to shove their hands up your ass? They said, "Well, what if that was their way of saying hello? Is their handshake?" <laughs> well, okay, they look at you I... weird that you didn't stick your hand up their ass. Like maybe we're, that's true. maybe that's why they just bring us. I don't back. know the customs like, of these aliens. Well, Jay, I can answer that question for you, why they take those people. The reason is Eisenhower made (laughs) a pact with the aliens in 1952. This is our next week's episode that's coming out. It explains the whole thing. He made a pact with the aliens, uh, the Greys specifically, not the Nordics. The Nords, uh, they they wanted us to get rid of our uh, nuclear capabilities, and we told them, no, we're not doing that. So Eisenhower (laughs) made a pact with... You're all laughing like this is crazy. Here's our listeners right now. This is the curve of our listeners, and it's going down like that. No, our <laughs> listeners love this stuff. Um, so the, no, the aliens, I get it, but... they made a deal with Eisenhower, which is well-documented, 1952. And um, yeah, he was at the dentist. And, uh, and, and so in exchange for some of their technology, Eisenhower allowed them the access to human beings. You can't take Barack Obama. You can't take well-known human beings and just whisk them away and experiment them. You have because to we take have a Billy Bob. He said, yeah, "Take the shit." Take- <laughs> yes, you got to take the people nobody's going to to miss. The redneck farmer down in the middle of nowhere with four teeth. Take that guy. Go for it. What, no one what will know. Was that again? Nineteen fifty-two. If we have any redneck farmers that listen to this podcast, uh, keep listening. We love you. <laughs> Nobody likes me in the Midwest. I only get a few. So you take the redneck farmer from uh, Bumblefuck, Texas, and you probe the shit out of that guy. That guy comes back and he's like, "Hey, I got abducted by aliens. They took a probe up my ass." And who's gonna believe him? Nobody. It's the perfect plan. Perfect. That's why. But they they have technology. To fly across space, and they probe, they use an anal probe. They don't have a, like, I mean, we have MRIs and shit. Smith forgot the other part of it. Uh, we allowed them to mutilate our cattle, too. That's why. So. That's right. Yes, the cow yes. as well. Oh, so not only do they get yeah, Bob, they get Bob's that. cows as well. Yes. Um, we have gone fully off the rails, so let's get back on. <laughs> I just want to say one more thing, though. 1952, it's really, it's really too bad they didn't come, like, 10 years before, because... FDR would have served like eight terms jogging. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> just saying. He, he would. Good point. <laughs> good point. Yes. And I, you know, like I'm, I'm telling you, man, the enlarged heads and the enlarged eyes. Now, here's my other theory. 
and and we'll do this in another episode as well. That leads me to believe the the logical outcome of this is humans being born in space are being born with enlarged heads and eyes, right? That's this obviously the logical outcome mm-hmm. to it. That's, that's what's going to happen, which is why uh, gray aliens are not aliens. They are humans that are traveling back in time that have already colonized and they are deep in space. And that is just what we look like thousands of years in the future. They're coming back to learn about our bodies because they've lost the ability to reproduce. I know, but you're also making an assumption that everybody's a form of human and we're only human because a lot of things broke for us. You know what I mean? Like if the dinosaurs had stayed around, we might not be here. We're probably not here. What I'm saying is the gray aliens are human beings 10,000 years from now. Who oh, are traveling they're traveling back from the future. In time. That's, yes. That's my bad. I took yes. that wrong. Okay, and so because they have lost the ability to reproduce, so they need to study our reproduction uh, organs. But anyways. Makes perfect sense. Yes. Sounds yes. like Fringe. You ever watch that? I know what you're talking about. I've never watched that. Yeah, it's really good. It was, it's kind of like... So, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, we have uh, no idea how reproduction in space is going to um you know affect mammals we have no clue not a clue there there could be defects in the neural tube uh which forms the early brain and the spine uh you know tadpole growth gets stunted in space uh, but also when they return from gravity as well so we have no clue what this is going to do and and all this points to is we need to study this this is something that needs to be studied like it can't be taboo anymore where we're just like oh, we can't we clutch our pearls and be like, we can't talk about sex in space. We have to. We have to. Mike, what you got? I was thinking about the fact that, well, if, as we know it, there's no gravity in space. But now if you're able, and they should try to figure out a way to design a ship or something or whatever living quarters that they're going to have and try to form something that can create gravity within. So mm-hmm. don't quote me on this, sure. but I think that if you have something going in one direction and you have something on the outside of that going in the opposite direction, essentially you will now create a gravity pull between them. So therefore you could actually create gravity in space. Artif- artificial gravity. Artificial gravity, yeah. Yeah. So if, if they can do that, I think that's where you need to start. And then from there, that's when you start to do all these other things. Put the frogs back in there. Let's see what, the, let's see what happens. If you have gravity, is that all that we needed? Was that the missing piece to a lot of the problems? And it could be. Well, an earlier, uh, there was there was a Russian experiment that sent a male and a female rat into orbit. They bred. Um, and two of the female rats uh, came back pregnant, but neither resulted in a live birth on Earth afterwards. So both of their pregnancies did not make it uh, after being impregnated in space and coming home back on Earth. Those, those pregnancies were not viable. They didn't work. There's so many different ways to go about it. You keep them in space to full term to have those babies because just the the re-entry back into the app through the atmosphere back to ground that's a lot of stress to put on a body alone and now being pregnant that could really affect a lot of things so yet again you're there's more stuff that should be studied and we should look further into it i agree i agree you know and i think um yeah i think really what it comes down to is is the research is seriously just not there and i think that's what the the scientific community is really there's a lot of scientists, astronauts, and cosmonauts who are screaming at this point that this needs to be studied. That we have to figure this out again, especially if we are – look, our species, if our species is going, just my opinion, uh, is going to continue in the future, we have to become interstellar. We have to. It, we, we're not going to survive on this planet. Sorry. You know, this planet yeah. – whether you believe in climate change or not, right, we do know that the Earth essentially cleanses itself every couple of million years or so. I say that. So whether we, you believe that humans are, are bringing that or accelerating that or not, it's, it's going to happen. There will be another mass extinction uh, you know, event. And so we need to start biding uh, our time and planning, getting the fuck off of this rock uh, and getting to maybe another Goldilocks uh, zone planet. Terraforming, you guys spoke about terraforming on Mars. How long would that even take? Yeah. I and mean, that would take a long time. Well, yeah, it would well, take years. We don't know. Depends on how big you wanted to make it, but the whole planet would take yeah. years for sure. 
Yeah. I, I think the process for terraforming, once it began, I mean, it would be, I, I don't know, maybe generations? I fucking have no clue. Yeah. It would be a That's long time. What about the uh, secret society that you found? What, what was it called again? Oh, the Astrosexological? Yeah, let yes. me find that. Tell us about that. Okay. All right, let's see. I saw that in there. Okay. Oh, the Russian cockroaches. Did you guys come across the Russian cockroach babies? Russian cockroaches conceived in space. Okay. But they did have some unusual mutations. They were larger. They ran faster. And they looked different than their, the, the other cockroaches on Earth. This particular type of cockroach, their upper shell uh, is normally clear, uh, clear. These new space-born uh, cockroaches, they were already spar uh, sporting a, a darkish, uh, dark reddish-brown coat. So they came back different-looking, even though they're the same species. Uh, they Again, they were faster. Uh, they were bigger. Um, and I quote, it's like a space horror film in the making when you think about it. This is from Alex Leyendecker. He's the founder of the Astrosexological Research Institute. Then he goes on to say that uh, two random cockroaches disappear into the spacecraft, and then they just keep re uh, reproducing, and it compounds, right? Uh, so, yes, the, the ASRI is the Astrosexological Research Institute, uh, their website uh, claims that they are seeking to empower organizations and researchers in the study of human sexual health behavior, reproductive factors as they apply to outer space environments. Uh, and Lion Decker is the ASRI founder and director. ASRI.space, if anybody wants to check that website. The advisory board is John Spencer. He is the president of the Space Tourism Society. Victoria Hartman, PhD, clinical and forensic sexologist. Uh, and sex researcher James Logan, MD, former NASA Chief of Flight Medicine and Chief of Medical Operations, the Johnson Space Center. Egbert Edelbrook, uh, PhD, uh, and he is the CEO of the Spaceborn United. Adam Cohen, he's the legal counsel. counsel. So um, their mission is to conduct and support research and data analysis of human sexual health, behavior, and reproduction factors as they apply to outer space environments and de develop viable solutions for mitigation of challenges facing human sexual performance and safe, successful reproductive or reproduction in these environments. Let me chime in with something real quick that we really haven't said, and I'm in support of all this research. I think this is something we should look into. However, we're forgetting that human experimentation, which this is, is highly regulated. Uh, you can't just pick two people, throw them in space and say, hey, let's see what happens. You, There are like steps to get there and i would i would assume one of the first things would be insect breeding and then primate breeding animals mm -hmm. so we've sent dogs and monkeys to space the next step would be send two dogs to space and see what happens you know because yeah you th there are so many steps to this experiment you would have to first get a woman pregnant in space and just see what that does See if it carries to term on Earth. Then see if it carried to term in space. Then see what the effects on the child would be. Now you're talking about two humans. You're talking about the mother and the child that you're both experimenting on. So there's a lot of ethical issues going on with this scientifically. That Yeah, I stumbled. It's, it's, it's kind of in the realm you're talking about. They're actually talking about the liability risks. Yeah. Right? Like if pregnancy occurs, you know, whether it's space tourism or they're doing this it's like what happens if there's harm to the mother or child uh, what kind of lawsuits would everybody be looking at you know there's not enough real uh research to to really know what can happen so and and the other big thing there's unclear jurisdiction of space like who owns space? good point too i was just gonna say if you're born in space what what is your country what's your nationality exactly it's a very right. yeah so you're talking Lots about of problems. Like a whole system. There's president of space. I, I do know. I got something here. Uh, it, this is from space.com. Uh, frozen mouse embryos were blasted to the ISS aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket in August 2021. After arriving at the space station, the early stage rodent embryos were thawed using a special instrument. Following this, astronauts cultured the embryos 
under microgravity for four days. The samples were then returned to Earth, uh, where Professor Wakayama and colleagues could study and compare them to mouse embryos grown in normal, normal gravity here on terra firma. And sure enough, according to a paper published in the space journal iScience, the team reported that embryos cultured under microgravity conditions developed into blastocysts. Am I saying that right, Joe? Yeah. Or is it yes. blastocysts? Cysts. Blastocysts, a cluster of dividing cells made by a fertilized egg with normal cell numbers. Researchers said in the, uh, the paper clearly demonstrated that gravity had no significant effect on the blastocyst formation and uh, initial differentiation of uh, mammalian embryos. Uh, they also found that if allowed, the blastocysts would grow into mouse fetuses and placentas while showing no significant DNA alterations or changes in gene expression. The survival rate of the embryos grown on the ISS was lower, however, uh, than those cultivated on Earth. We are, as Joe had so mentioned... So that's an experiment. That's good. That's very well thought out. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, they go on to say that they had huge heads and big eyes. Um, of course. And gray. Yeah, That, that, that would make sense to me that they're going to start it on Earth, though. Like, in just zero gravity and, and just see what happens there. Yeah. At least they'll have some kind of date, uh, data before they go up. I mean... Sure. You're never going to get a controlled environment that's going to mimic what can happen out there but at least you'll have some kind of data yeah and it says uh, and i quote in the future it will be necessary to transplant the blastocysts that were cultured in the iss microgravity into mice to see if the mice can give birth uh so you know they um that's they're saying that is the vital step this this last step that they did was the vital step towards confirming right that blastocysts grown in microgravity are indeed quote normal but it does go on to say that one aspect of the research the team need to investigate further further is the effect of radiation on space-based mammalian embryo growth. So that seems to be the one that um, you know people are, are really kind of like that's that's the wild card, right? Is you know the the effects of radiation for sure. Joe, as as you speculated, you're 100 percent right. They are taking this as a step by step process, uh, which I think is the smartest thing to do. I mean, you know what I mean. My wife was was pregnant during COVID, and I was scared shitless. We I wouldn't let her go to the store. You know, I was uh, I was the the aisle Nazi. You guys ever see? You know, like you know when they had the aisles with the arrows yeah, pointing. Walked straight. Walked. Yeah, yeah. If I saw somebody walking the opposite way of the uh, the arrow, I park my cart sideways in the middle of the aisle, and I I would I wouldn't let you pass. You you weren't getting past. Follow the right directions, man. So we you were an asshole, basically, well, for the right the reasons. Asshole? Though, look, the store is saying we'd prefer. Well, that's true. Yeah. Right. The store. The store is saying, hey. Just follow this fucking arrow. I'm the one following the arrow. That asshole down there who's got his arms full of fucking toilet paper is walking the wrong way. If you can't do that right, if we can't do that right, this species is fucked. I got nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's the teacher out, I guess, in me. But, like, if we can't do that, come on, man. Like, Mike, I mean, you, you grew up with me. I was one of the biggest rebels that you would have fucking thought. Walk the right way down a fucking aisle during the pandemic. That's why it's so funny. Well, how things have changed. Come on. My wife is like, why, why did you become such a conformist? <laughs> I <became a> teacher. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Like, if we can't do that right, come on now. Gentlemen, that's all I got. What do you guys got? Any any, any last thoughts? Anything else you guys want to add in there? What's the re any Jay Burke, do you have any research that you were other that you were you were holding close to the vest that you want to throw out there? Questions? Not really, but I did find the Uranus experiment uh uh, actually, it was three-part. I, I should say the Uranus Experiment Trilogy from 1999. It's actually pretty fascinating. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over it real quick. I, I am getting this from Wikipedia, so I haven't like thoroughly Wikipedia. researched it, but I believe everything on there. So. That's close enough. I'm gonna thoroughly research it tonight at about 12:30 in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Well, you know, once you engage my brain, the that, brain that is the the largest erogenous zone. Sure. The Uranus experiment was a 1999 three-part pornographic science fiction video by the Swedish production and distribution company Private Media Group. I went into my voice a little bit there. I don't know if you heard that. You did. So they're saying the filming for the microgravity scene was particularly difficult from a technical and logistical standpoint, and then there was budget constraints. So most of the zero gravity shots in the films are faked, except for, I think, a 20-second part, because I got to tell you, I got to see it. 
<laughs> I got to understand what they were doing. Um, but where it gets kind of interesting is it was described as an anal space opera. The film fe- features music by Liam Howlett from The Prodigy and Robert uh, Del Naha from Massive Attack, which I wow. love Massive Attack. So, yeah, I love Massive Attack. But <laughs> anyway, and its director, John Millerman, was nominated in the Best Script category in the 1999 Nebula Awards. And uh, it did not win, unfortunately, because M. Night Shump. Uh, Shamalan, I guess how you say I don't know his name. He won for the Sixth Sense. So the Nebula Awards literally had the Sixth Sense, and I'm guessing a bunch of other respectable movies go up against this. And I don't know how it Bravo says it happened. It said it happened because a disgruntled group of science fiction authors, as a protest against the policies of the awarding body got it nominated i don't know much about the nebula awards i guess it's almost like you write in or something apparently it's fixed i mean i know that i know that now it's <laughs> it's fixed against you know organic homegrown projects you know it's that's you know this m night Shyamalama guy goes in there and you know with hollywood budget right bruce willis and shit fucking <laughs> can you imagine I don't know if anybody actually shows up. I've never seen like a big gala for the Nebula Awards. But wouldn't it be amazing? And the Uranus see, like, experiment. Yeah, and you just see like <laughs> they focus on the crowd. It's like like all porn bunch stars of, and like, <laughs> bunch of hands and faces. Some dude in like a pimp suit. Like, just... <laughs> Ice T rolled up in his old garb from the early nineties. Came for his fucking his cane and shit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wow. I got thank you, so, thank you for that background and context on that. I'm I'm, I'm glad that we got that yeah, really. solved. And, we should have a viewing party. For <laughs> That's actually a good oh. idea. Let's do that. Just, Joe, that might be the weirdest thing I think you've ever said. I, I don't think I'm going to do a, a, a porn viewing party with you guys. I don't think I'm going to do that. Sorry. No, I meant the sixth sense. Obviously, duh. <laughs> I've never seen it. So you never saw it, really? Have I've never really like never officially seen it. Seen it. Yeah, like, I've never seen the whole thing. I know the story, obviously, but I've never, like, sat down and watched the entire movie. Well, I guess if somebody ruined it for you, it's kind of... I mean, society has ruined it for me. I, I, I know like... I know the gist of it, basically. But to be fair, it's been <laughs> since 1999. So. I figured out the plot uh, and the ending before it happened. It was kind of obvious. It was, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't see it, and I was like, oh, well, and then I said it, and... Somebody was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, my God, was I right? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh. I think we were at the movies one night. And I walked past a bunch of people online for it. And I was like, I can't believe Bruce Willis was the ghost. You know, I know somebody uh, through somebody who said that happened to them when they went to go see Empire Strikes Back back in the day. Like, oh, they yeah. were online. They didn't get into the first viewing. They got into, like, the third or fourth or whatever it was. And somebody walked out and was like, I can't believe Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Can you imagine, like... <laughs> and so he said, like, there's never been a day he hasn't seen, like, the opening, like, first film, like, first showing. I would ruin it for everybody as soon as I knew. I just keep saying it in the middle. I'm like, I just... I'm just going to scream out loud at random parts, like, I think that's his father. I don't know. Something about... <laughs> How could it not about be? About the mean... way he's chasing him. <laughs> He's they so look exactly alike. <laughs> look exactly at the alike. facial features. I mean, it's the same person, obviously. <laughs> All right, we have completely gone off the rails. Uh, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah, and I love it. It's fine. Mike, do you have anything else you want to add in? Any, any of the research that you touched upon that, that we didn't get to say? No, I think I think we touched on everything. All right. I think we sent this one into the black hole for sure. I think we, we hit this one hard. <laughs> yes. Uh, and... Um, we shot off some some star clusters. I think we did. We did. We had a very nice shot here. So uh, this continues our uh, our expedition into space episodes, uh, and, and uh, we're we're gonna. I think we our next few episodes we're gonna go back to our normal type of topics, but we will be hitting the mother load. We're gonna be getting the money shot. Uh, we're gonna be talking about just straight up UFOs and UAPs coming up on a future episode in this season of A Story Of. So please stay with us. And uh, actually, 
before we go, Jay and us and our good friends over at uh, FDR's wheelchair, we have all been uh, accepted into uh, the Unfiltered Studios uh, podcasting network, which is fucking awesome and has been such an yeah. absolute uh, pleasure to be in. So, uh, yeah, guys, if you are at home, uh, it's unfpod.com. Check it out. You will find our show. You'll find Jay's show. You'll find uh, uh, FDR's wheelchair and, and a ton of other good shows. Pedals of Support with Mama D. Uh, you've got the Sleevy G Show. You've the Stupid History Minute uh, with Keb. It's just fucking – there's so many amazing shows. So if you're out there and you're listening, check out unfpod.com. Jay, I think I can speak for you when I say that, you know, we're honored to be on there. It's a great network to be yes. on. I was excited to get the call. And what I like about it, too, it's like very curated, right? Like you go through a whole sure. process. So they're all indie podcasts, and they're but they're all quality. You know what I mean? They're sure. not just taking anybody yeah. who's there. Good support network, for sure. Yeah. So it, it was amazing to get to get in there. I really was. I was so excited when I got the news. Yeah, it was cool, man. I, when when you got announced, I was I was super psyched, and you and and the guys from FDR got announced on uh, consecutive days, and it was just like, yes, like, yeah. Now we've got the triumvirate. Uh, it's it's on. Right, we got the triumvirate. You know what I mean? Like, like it, the three it, of us were in this together. Now I always said it's it's the it's the axis of evil that Bush talked yes. about all those years ago. <laughs> That's what I think. I think he just had the wrong names. It has come to fruition. That's right in the podcasting world. So, can I just tell you though, really quick? I was a little nervous once you both got in. I'm like, oh god, if I don't get in now, I'm, I'm just a loser. I'm gonna hang this thing up. I'm not gonna lie, man. There was a point where I was like a little nervous, and I'm like, shit, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get in, like this is gonna be weird. Yeah, this yes, be, that would have been weird. It's gonna be weird, but then, you know that thought go away real quickly because i knew there was no way you can't say you can't say no to to jay's silky smooth velvety voice there's just it's just not possible amen on uh on that note thank you from uh from everybody here at the story of jay i you know i, I think I, I plugged this pretty well uh find us all at uh, unfpod.com mm -hmm. unfiltered studios uh network uh we are, are are super happy to be a part of that networking family uh so please go check those guys out and the rest of us uh, over at unfpod and uh, and check out all of the amazing podcasts that they have on there. If you like whatever you like, you will find something on there that piques your interest. I promise you that uh, there's a, a ton of variety there. So I think we hit this one pretty hard. And remember, there's more to history than what's in the books. All right. Adios, fuckers. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Story Of. Be sure to follow our social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Podcast Story Of. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a production of Unfiltered Studios. If you would like to know more about joining Unfiltered Studios, please visit our website at unfpod.com for more information.